Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again, and we got another episode today that I'm excited to bring to you because of the fact that we got somebody on the line that's, I like to say, been there, done that. When it talks about uh, building successful businesses, talking about leadership, and really just talking about building an empire, I think we got an expert on the line today. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Kendall Ficklin. Kendall, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Great day, great day, Dream Nation. Hope everybody is doing well. Man, Casanova, thank you for the invite. Super excited and super honored to be here uh, to share with you and your guests. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask, um, I always, I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but what we always like to do is start out with a great introduction. And I feel like um, the best way to do that is I compare us as entrepreneurs, thought leaders, change makers to superheroes. And the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. We're putting on that cape and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. So a lot of the times if we see people on social media, we see that S on the chest of that Superman. But we can't really describe who is the person behind the scenes. More importantly, who's that Clark Kent? So when it comes to Mr. Kendall Ficklin, right, and, and we can talk about everywhere that you've been featured and all of the businesses and, and entrepreneurs that you've helped. But when the lights are off and you're not trying to save the world, tell us who is that Clark Kent when it comes to Kendall? So one of the things that I'm, I'm actually proud of is I am who I am with the S or the glasses or the Clark mm. Kent. Um, so even when I don't have the S showing, my character is still the S. And, uh, I'm saying that because before the superhero, any of us, before we got to be the superhero, we had to learn what our superpowers were. We had to learn how to use them. And we were just regular folk and we're still regular folk. And so I like to think, think about Spider-Man. Um, if, if, if you remember the movie when he first got his Spidey powers, right? He really didn't understand how it worked and he started playing around. And then once he got to the point where he was like, he put the little things on his wrist and he was shooting webs. He said, I'm going to go out one day. I'm going to see if I can go across some buildings. And if you remember, he was shooting the web and he would go and link on to something and go and boom, fall down, right. hit the building. And he kept getting back up. Um, it's during those times of challenges, challenges, obstacles, opportunities and falls where we develop the most character because nobody saw him falling. Nobody saw him practicing. And so what I've right. done is I, I like to tell people I got to where I am today because I changed one thing, my character. I stopped mm. drinking. I stopped, I stopped smoking. I stopped hustling. You know, I, I stopped being the man that I was and I started to being the man who I knew I needed to be. And so because of that, like information and strategy will definitely 
move your business up the level. That's all it is. But character is what sustains you. Character is what takes you from where you are to where you want to be. And so when I shifted my character and character means being who I am, this being the same man in the light as well as the dark, in public as well as private. And so that character piece for me says, look, uh, I got to make sure that I am who I say I am, no matter if I'm on a stage without in front of thousands of people or if I am one on one talking to Casanova. So for me, it was the character piece. I love it. I love it. And most of the time, that's that's the unconventional answer, because I would say most of the time when you hear that because I changed one thing, what do most people say? They say mindset. Right. Yeah. So you went deeper than that. And you, yeah. I changed my character. Bro, okay. watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So, yes, it always is mindset. But I was an alcoholic. And you know how many times people always ask me, Casanova, they say, "Yo, what did you do to stop drinking? Um, I said, the better question is, how many times did I say I was going to stop drinking and didn't stop? Mm. Because it was in those times. It was in the failures, the falls, the it didn't work that I developed more character bit by bit by bit so that in that final time when I said that I'm really done now there was a why there was a reason so I didn't just shift my mindset there was a reason that I had to do it I had to force my mindset to shift and it was my wife you know uh I'm not sure well you are married right um yeah yes sir so to, to all of my guys out there that are listening um and ladies too it was that moment where I ne I'll never forget it. I was at one of my guys uh, houses and we were all drinking and I had been finished at the shop and I was drinking and I didn't like to drive home after I was drinking because I was afraid to get another DUI. Mm -hmm. And so I would call my wife and be like, hey, I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to wait till like five in the morning because I've been out drinking. And so this particular night I called my wife and I was like, yo, I'm a, um, I'm, a, I'm over so and so house. I'm drinking. It's getting late. It's like 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to stay here like at five o'clock when the sun come. Then I'll head on home. And she was just quiet. She didn't say nothing. Now, in the past, I would say that and she might yell. She might get excited. She might get angry and react. But this time it was different. It was silence. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on the other end of that silence, but in that silence is everything. <laughs> right. And I don't know what it was, bro, but at that moment, I was like, ooh, it felt different. At that moment, it was like, hmm, this is a different type of silence right here. I could tell she was fed up. I could tell that it, it just wasn't going to be what it has always been. And so for me, it was in that moment where I was like, yo, I'm done. But I had said that before. But right. the, now, now watch this. My mindset did shift, but it was forced to shift mm. because my why my reason my love my wife had this thing in her where I knew she was done and so yeah you got to change your mindset but people make that thing sound like oh I just changed my mindset and everything was good uh-uh no 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 that's not the way it happened gotta have something attached to it that means something to you so talk to me where did uh give us your business background though because obviously now you you've become a business expert but did you grow up that way like what was the backstory on that did your family were they entrepreneurs no they, as a matter of fact they, they probably never knew how to spell it didn't even know what the word was um i had been what they call the black sheep of the family uh, always mm -hmm. i was might have been nine or ten years old and uh me and my guys my friends we used to always have something going on we would steal bikes then sell the parts, make bikes, sell the bikes. 
uh, this one particular day, I remember going to my father and saying, Pop, I want to um, I want to go to the bar with you because there was a bar around the corner that he used to go to every day. He was also an alcoholic. Um, I want to go to the bar with you this Friday and I want to shine shoes. Now, I'm 53 years old and I know nowadays a lot of my uh, millennials, everybody wears sneakers. No such thing as shining shoes too much no more. But back in those days, right, when TVs were black and white, when there was no color and we used to have the pliers to turn it, um, we would shine shoes. And so my, my pop said, yeah, you can come uh, Friday night. Uh, just come around there a certain time. I'll be there. I know. Um, but he said, what? You ain't got no shoe shine box. And I said, I'm going to make one. You got some wood in the back. I'm going to use your tools. And then he hit me with, you know, don't lose my tools and blah, blah, blah. So I went in the back and I made myself a shoe shine box. And I need y'all to catch this. I created the tool, the vehicle to use to go and generate my revenue. I didn't think about it like that then. I just said, right. I need to go make this shoe shine box so I could go sell this product. So I made the shoe shine box. I went in my father's bottom drawer. And when I got in the bottom drawer, I took all of his polish, the new polish and the used polish, all of his brushes, his rags, and I put it in my shoe shine box. Friday night came and I went around the corner to the bar. And when I walked in, you know, my father's a regular, like it's a local bar in the neighborhood yeah. bar. So all the guys say, hey, Van Son is here. Van Son is here. Y'all make sure you shine the shoes. So I went around that bar that night and I made $80. Now to a nine or 10 year old, that's like a million. Like I'm a millionaire right. now. Thanks. And watch this, Casanova. Especially so back then. What? This is back in the 70s. <laughs> so yeah. so uh, I left out the bar and all my boys, like five of them were waiting outside for me. And I was like, yo, I had all this money. So I went, we went to the store, got the little 25 cent juices down the street to the White Castle, bought 25 cent burger. Like I cashed my guys out. It was right. like, yeah. So I asked my father the next day, can I go back? He said, yeah. Went back the next day, made another $80. I was like, let's go. Guess what I did? I cashed my boys out again. But then that Sunday, I started counting the money I had left. And I was like, mm, something ain't right. So I had this idea. I was like, I went to my three partners. And I said, yo, y'all want to make some money? And they were like, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to help you make your shoe shine box. I'm going to help you get the polish. And you go to the bar on 15th Street. You go to the bar on 19th Street. And you go to the bar on 16th Street. I had the bar on 17th Street. And we'll meet. Y'all go to the bar. All I want is $1 off every shoe that you shine. Mm -hmm. So everybody went that Friday. Everybody went to their bar, came back. And we met on the corner of 17th Street at a certain time. And each of them cashed me out and paid me my money and they had their money. So it was at nine or 10 years old when I literally learned how to build, grow and scale a business without trying to make it so deep. Like you need all of this stuff. Now, nah, I, I created the vehicle, which was the shoe shine box. I went, I sold the product. I did excellent service. I got paid for the product. I, I, I learned how to manage my money. And then I said, let me make my let me help my boys so they're not taking all my money. Let me put them in a position to make money. And during that time, I'm going to also make some money. So we scaled right. it out. And that was the principle that I use. And even when I started going into other I'm putting quotes around this entrepreneurial endeavors, um, I use that same principle even to this day. Got it. So now where did you go from there? Because you're shining shoes. And, and as you started to get older, what was like your first real business venture to where you're like, hey, I can I can really grow this thing into making a real living. So the real business venture, uh, a lot of hustles. It was in 1990. 
I got my first cleaning, franchise cleaning business. That was the first legitimate, because I did some illegitimate stuff along the way. That was my first legitimate business, a cleaning franchise. Uh, within 90 days, I paid $3,700 to get in. That bought me a certain amount of uh, monthly revenue. Um, and I was, I was good at getting workers, and I was good at getting clients. And I was great with people. So within 90 days, I was doing six figures a year within 90 days. I had sports authorities. I had offices. Um, then I got a contract with Starbucks and I was cleaning all the Starbucks in New York and New Jersey, every mm. Starbucks. So I had a crew in New York at night and I had a crew in New Jersey. I had 25 guys, five trucks, like legit business. Yeah. yeah. But guess what? I only knew how to make money and connect with people. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know the numbers. I didn't like almost every month I would have to go to my sister and ask her for help so I could make payroll. Describe to somebody if they say, if somebody says, okay, well, what's the difference connecting people, making money, but then running a business? What, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Business is money. Business is the numbers. Business is, um, th this is the best example I could give. I don't, I don't remember when it was, but I remember seeing it was like the CEO of Dunkin' Donuts was about to become the CEO of Lowe's, right? The, the, uh, the, the Home Depot um, yeah. competitor, right? And so I remember seeing this somewhere years ago, and I was like, how can the Dunkin' Donuts do the Lowe's? And I remember a wise old man told me, he said, at a certain level, it's not about the product or the service. He said, at certain levels, it's just business. And mm. business is about the numbers. It's about the gross revenue. It's about your net profit. It's about how much is coming in, how much is going out. What is what are your monthly expenses like? It is about the numbers. And I didn't understand the numbers. I just knew how to make money. Yeah. And so but when you start. So it's a difference when you're doing business. You got to know the numbers and you got to make money when you're hustling. You can just make money. So what I had to learn how to do, I'll give you a quick example. Every time I took a new sports authority, it cost me seventy five hundred dollars just in equipment. Right. Then it also cost me X amount of dollars in labor or payroll. Now, right. I would go in putting the money out up front, but not having enough to cover the, the ongoing expenses until I started getting checks coming in. And so I, I would I would just jump to get the business and not say I can't get this right now. So I grew too fast. Got I it. got too Makes big, sense. too fast because I, I didn't count. I didn't know my numbers. And so what I'm saying to all of your listeners is do business, not money. Mm, I love do, it. Do business, not money. And business is about the numbers, the structure, the strategy, the system, the sustainability. And once you understand that, making sure that you you not only know your numbers, you have an accountant, you got to pay your taxes, you got um you know how much your monthly expenses are. You know how much is coming in, how much is going out. And Casanova, guess where that starts? In your mindset, in your home, in your house. Yes. Forget the mindset right now. Not for now. That's important. It starts at the house. Starts so at the watch house. this. I wasn't managing my personal house properly. And guess what? That carried right over into the business. So the same habits I had in life carried right over into business, which taught me a valuable lesson. And I got this saying. If your personal life is a mess, your business is going to be a mess. 
So even when clients come to me and they say, coach, I need you to show me the game. And the first question I ask is, talk to me about your life. Where are the gaps in your life? What are the most important areas in your life? And, and what are the what's the per performance percentage in those areas? And if you have gaps in those areas, those same gaps are going to carry over into your business. Hey, Dream Builder, if you are anything like me, you know the importance of setting goals and achieving those goals. And anytime you find something interferes with that, ultimately it interferes with your happiness. And if that's you or if you're in a rut right now, I want to encourage you to check out BetterHelp.com. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling that's done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or even phone sessions, all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Regardless if you're dealing with depression, grief, anxiety, or anything along those lines, there's a licensed professional just waiting on the other side to help you. And of course, I want to help you as well. I want you to start living a happier life today. And because you're a part of the Dream Nation tribe and as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken the charge of bettering their mental health. Now let's get back to it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it reminds me of the quote, right? How you do anything is how you, how do, you everything. do everything, right? Yeah. So it's going to spill over. The one thing that I'm that I want to know is from a young age, obviously you went and got people that were willing to do the hustle with you cuz everybody wants money. I'm from the south side of Chicago, um, so I definitely understand that. But how were you able to manage the people, right? Cuz now you can tell that you have a different type of aura about you. It's been leadership, but in the beginning was it easy for you to manage egos Absolutely. and people like that? Yeah, it was very easy because um I spoke the language. So when I did have the cleaning business, um, I was dealing with um, labor, blue collar employees. And um, there's a different language. There's a different way you communicate with them. There's a lot of cussing. There's a lot of arguing back and forth. And I was good at that. I spoke the language and I had a philosophy. Um, my philosophy was I will keep you on this job as long as you're adding value to the business. Mm. The minute you stop, the minute your bad outweighs the good is when you will be set up to be replaced. And that was the other thing. I never let somebody go before I had a replacement to bring them in. And so I had enough patience. As long as you weren't detrimental to the business, I had enough patience to say, as soon as I find the right person, I'm going to cut this person loose. But I would keep them there. I would cuss them out every night. We would be in New York and I would be cussing them out. You, you ain't put enough strip on the floor to wax the why this ain't and go back and forth. And then we would laugh about it later. And I remember a couple of days later, I fired somebody. Fire, I fired people in a minute. Let me tell you something. In my business now, all my kids have worked for me and every one of them have gotten fired. <laughs> Because you watch know, this. like so and and when you have that conversation, a lot of people struggle to have this conversation, right? With firing people. And it's like hire slow, fire fast. But many of people, because of their heart and you know, and feeling like, hey, I brought somebody on, you know, taking care of their family. How are you able to, in your mind, be able to justify firing somebody, even though that you knew that they had a kid or they had a family at home or they were trying to better their character? Yeah, so 
if you are actually making strides um, and if you are actually um, growing and developing, then what you can say is um, I'm going to work with you as long as you're adding value to the business. But if you are not growing and developing and on this developmental plan that I put you on, you're not meeting or hitting your numbers and you're not working, then I'm justified in letting you go. And if your family suffers, it is not because of me. It is because you are not doing the things that are necessary to keep revenue coming in to take care of your family. This is my philosophy to this day right now. And right now I currently have five full time and then contractors and all of that. And my wife works for the company. My philosophy right now is. Nothing and no one is bigger than the business. Mm including myself. Um, the business takes care of so many people. So I'm, I remember saying to myself one time, first I was like, when, you know, when, I was, when I had part-time people, I would say, man, I'm helping people survive. Then when we got full-time people, I was like, man, we're not, we paying people's rent. To the point now we're like, yo, we paying people's mortgages. We're helping people put the kids through school. They depend on us. If I had- right some people that are not producing, you're not just affecting the business, you're also affecting the life of those people that are actually working hard. So I don't have a problem saying I have to let you go. And then I can tell you, I love you. I love you to death, but I gotta fire you. I fired my wife twice. I, I thought of that. I was like, no, so yes. Mrs. She can't be, a, she can't be. She's Bruh, we, were, we were on a cruise, right? And I, I had a problem with some of the stuff she was doing. We were having coffee in the morning. And I was like, look, I'm going to have to let you go. <laughs> I'm going to have to let you go because of this, this, this and that. And, um, you know, we got we didn't get into like an argument. She was just being real smart. Like, you know, um, and I told her why. And and it, watch this about an hour and a half later, I had to hire her back because I started asking her to do stuff. She's like, "Nah, you fired me. Right. Um, but it was a it was a process that we had to go through, because when I took her off her full time job, that process of going from a nine to five to an entrepreneurial company is completely different. And so I had to be leader enough. And this is, let me just say this one thing to your point. For us as business owners or entrepreneurs, there are phases that we go through. We come into this with a vision or an idea and we start to build the business, right? Then we get to the point where in building the business, we also have to build ourselves. So we have to go from being a business owner to a leader and when you are a leader, there is a responsibility that comes with that where you need to develop the people. And so now at certain levels in our position, it's really about developing the people that are with us so that they can go ahead and be empowered to not only do their job, but to be the best version of themselves. Now that frees you and I up Casanova because we've grown and developed to go out into the marketplace and make better build better relationships with other um, prospects or business um, opportunities, and then to also build and better ourselves. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And it's the leverage game, leverage and developing uh, all day long. It kind of I think it's the book. Um, 
I think it's the dream manager, right? It was the first time that that's, I don't know if you've ever read that book, but they talk about, that was the first time that I ever heard um, that quote that a lot of people use now where it says, you know, um, I guess there was a manager talking to his associate manager and the associate manager says, what happened if we build them up and then they leave? And then the manager says, what happens if we don't and they stay? Right. And so that goes right to your point of you got to be able to develop your people. So I love that you said that. Let me ask, where have you um, gotten? Because you've, you've seen so many transitions through business. You've seen other entrepreneurs that are coming up and, and you started and got it out of the mud, but then been able to scale businesses to millions. Um, for you, where do you go to get a lot of your development from? Like who's been that impactful on your life? There was uh, initially in 2015, 2015, 16, 17, and 18, I was honored to first get coached by um, CJ Quinney, who is the president of ETA, Eric Thomas and Associates, mm-hmm. ET the Hip Hop Preacher. So he coached me in 2015. 2016, while still being coached by him and had the opportunity to actually um, travel with ET. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was on the road with ET being behind the door, sitting at the tables, um, allowing myself to get fed and listen to the conversations, I was able to grow and develop. Then in 2018, I actually ran the company, which at that time was a multi-million dollar business. Um, And so for me, running, jumping in and and running a multi-million dollar business was everything. And so I was able to get mentored and developed by um, a, a man by the name of Josh, who is a phenomenal businessman, has built major companies, nine figure companies and so forth. And so um, I was able to get development and mentoring from him on a daily basis. Right. And so now what I do is um, like last Friday, I was invited to a a roundtable of high performers, business owners, physicians, things like that. And they wanted me to come in to speak. So I was scheduled to speak at two thirty. And but I got there super early because I wanted to sit and and get mentored and get poured into. Um, mm. and, and then when I got up to speak, I shared and then I sat right back down. And even though I closed it out, somebody spoke right after me, um, the young man that put it on, I, I was able to get connected and get mentored. So it's in those moments when I'm in a room with people um, who are where I want to be or who have gotten to a level that I'm striving to get to, as well as in a room with people who may not be where I want to be. I'm always in learning mode. Because while there might be people in the room that haven't gotten the seven figures, they're in their health. They're phenomenal. Like I got a trainer, my guy. He trains me. Right. He's my health trainer. Um, and while he may not do business the way I do it, when it comes to health, he's a monster. Right. And so I'm constantly at his feet, listening and learning. I think the biggest thing in that the answer to that question is you got to want to grow. You got to want to develop. And most business owners and entrepreneurs, we just get caught up in making money and building business. And, and taking the vision to the next level and making more money. My focus now is, and I didn't always think like this. My focus now is how much better can I be today than I was yesterday? And then the second thing, I don't wake up every day and say, what do I need to do? I wake up every day and say, who do I need to be? And not just in business, but in life. What type of husband do I need to be? What type of father do I need to be? What type of friend do I need to be? In order to get to my B, meaning that next level that I'm looking to go to. 
So it's not about, not always or only about what information do I need to have? Who do I need to be? Who do I need to connect to? And then what information do I need to have in that order? Hey, Dream Builder, are your home and auto policies almost up for renewal? If so, and you're looking for a lower rate, I believe I have a solution for you. And it's called Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto rates in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. And the best part is they've saved customers on average $1,250 per year over what they're already paying for home and auto insurance. Getting started is super easy. First, just head on over to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and your property, and then Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find you the lowest quote. So head on over to policygenius.com to get started right now. Again, that's policygenius.com, and you can find out when it comes to insurance how they help you get it right. Now let's go ahead and hop back into it. I love it. I love it. There's so much value in that. And that's where something that I think for you already having success, but then understanding that you needed to grow even more. Like, where did that come from? Um, was it just you felt like you were at complacent status in life? Were you already just a fan of of E.T. And, and C.J. and all those guys? Because for a lot of people, they already have they they have the what the want to do it, but they have that fear in their mind that they're not capable of being at that table. So then they don't put themselves in uncomfortable situations. For you, what was it just like, oh, it was a conference. I didn't know I was going to get the opportunity. Or were you intentional about that saying, hey, you know what? I'm at a place in life where I feel like if I don't keep growing, I'm going to start dying. When I got the opportunity uh, to be coached by CJ, um, I was cutting hair at the time, one of my barbershops. And I got a call from a guy that used to cut with me. He was in another shop. And he called me and he said, uh, he said, Kendall, do you know CJ? I was like, yeah, you know, I play E in the shop all the time. Um, so, yeah, I know CJ. He said, well, he's here. So-and-so cuts him. And I was like, oh, yeah. He said, um, we've been showing him your YouTube page. Because at the time I was doing a lot of speaking. Um, mm. He said, we've been showing him your YouTube page. And he was like, yeah, he got raw talent. And so they put him on the phone. Now, um, I had stopped drinking already. So I was about one month sober. Right. Got it. Um, and so I said, uh, man, I love to just do coffee with you. Like I, I need, I need you to coach me. I just said it on the phone. Right. He was like, yeah. He said, well, you know, we're about to go out to California. When I come back, I'll get with you. I said, let me get your number. Cause I can't count my money if it's in your pocket. And so he gave me the number, but true to form, he called me when he got back and we set up a, a Starbucks conversation, went to Starbucks. Now I tell all of my mentees, when you get an opportunity to sit at the table, it is not your time to talk. It is your time to listen and to learn and answer questions. Mm. Um, you're arrogant when you start running your mouth about stuff that you weren't asked. So when I got the opportunity, we were sitting there having coffee. I didn't say anything. I just listened. And when he asked me questions, I answered. I uh, went through that and he said, well, you know, I'm cycling out some clients right now. Um, I'll see, you know, if something opens up. So he called me about a week later. He said, look, got an opening and uh, this is what it looks like. And this is how much it's going to cost you. And I ain't had the money. I promise you I didn't have the money. It was like four figures a month. I ain't had a bread. Um, I was already broke. I was making money again, but I still didn't know how to manage it. I still didn't know how to get that thing going. But I at no point, Casanova, did I say no or I'll think about it. No, no, no. I said, yep, let's go. 
my so only figure it out. My only saving grace was it was around early November. He said, look, we got all the holidays coming up. We're going to start first of January. I was like, bet. So I had time to get the money up. But even when January came, I didn't get the money up. So this is the part with that. You just said people. I got a quote. Most people want what it looks like, but they're not willing to go through what it feels like. Mm. So for the first maybe almost a year of coaching with him, I was paying monthly, never missed a payment and was always on time. I would take the mortgage. If I needed to and pay him, I would sacrifice. I was robbing Peter to pay CJ or pay Paul, if you want to say. Um, And my only saving grace with my wife was she had seen that I had stopped drinking and she saw my commitment level shift. So she was on board. But the house was in foreclosure. Right. Um, The car, everything was behind. But I just kept on making that payment and I kept on. I was still cutting hair. I was still um, doing my thing to make money. But I was struggling. Even when I got the opportunity, because CJ said, you can come to all the conferences. You know, you're a client. You can come to all the conferences. You don't have to pay. I was like, really? Yeah. So all I used to do was get a flight on Spirit, um, Buddy Pass, however I could make that thing work. And it got to the point where my wife would say, well, look, you can get the flight, but uh, where are you going to stay? I was like, I sleep in the airport. I slept in the airport for two years while I was on the road. Nobody knew. I didn't. There was no I'm posting this thing right here. You know how you do on Instagram. I'm sleeping at the airport because it wasn't like that. I wasn't happy about it. I didn't like it. I just did what I had to do to stay connected. And a lot of times there are those of us that say we want something. We want to make a change in our life and we'll say it out of our mouth. We want what it looks like, but we don't want to go through what it feels like in order to get to what it looks like. And I was willing to go through what it feels like. And it was in that what it feels like that I got to what it looks like. So I'll mm. never forget, like one time I slept in the airport two nights in a row. We were in, I think, California and we had a conference on Saturday and Sunday. So that Saturday did my thing that night, went to the airport, slept. Boom, boom, boom. Next day, went to the airport, slept, left out that next morning. One night slept outside of the airport. I think it was in Norfolk. They closed early. Right. Um, and at the time, Casanova, I didn't have a driver's license because of stuff that I had done in the past. So I couldn't I didn't even have a passport. So even when they went to Canada, I couldn't go because I, I ain't had no passport, couldn't get over there. So I was limited, but I was everywhere. And because I was everywhere, um, with the exception of the international, because I was everywhere, you start to see people. And I was I was serving. And then one day CJ asked me, you know, I need you to cover E. And then from that one day, E and I connected and we bonded and and I everywhere he was, I went. And I became I became that guy. And and people would be like, yo, who's that guy walking with E? And it it, it was me. And 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 that's what shifted it, because it was in that season where I I literally not just heard because, you know, we get people like to hear great motivational speeches. I had to turn off all the noise. I had to turn off all the noise and I had to actually do the work. Right. And that doesn't mean that everything was great. It just means that there was a period there where we struggled. And then I, I got my bearings and we went up. And then once you started sending up and I'll never forget this, Casanova, I was having a conversation with CJ and I was in I was depressed. He was like, what's going on? 
I said, bro, I'm scared. He's like, scared of what? I'm like, yo, I'm making all this money now and I'm scared to go back. I don't know if I can keep this up consistently. I've always made money. Right. But, but now I was keeping it. What did he respond with? It was, let me tell you exactly what he said. He said, bro, you, you didn't get this money. You made this money. And so no matter what happens for you going forward, you'll always know how to make it because you've mastered it at this level. You know exactly what to do to make this amount of money. When you stop doing that, then you won't make that money no more. Mm. And I was like, Profound knowledge. That's that's real right there. I mean, CJ's always been a master wizard. Everybody that that has had a conversation with him, he's definitely always been a master. Monster. Man, it's (laughs) been phenomenal, phenomenal game that you've given. I got one um, last question. I guess I got two last questions for you. Mm -hmm. First one is, um, I always ask the question if there was anything that you could go back and you would change. But what I noticed that a lot of people, they come back and they say they wouldn't change anything, right? Because it made them who they are today. Now, I always call a little bit of BS on that. I'm like, if we could change, we would all change something if we could change going back. But I understand. So what I've learned to do is I've learned to ask it or rephrase it in a different way. And that is, um, if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to accelerate your path on your journey and your dream to where you are today, what would that one thing be? I would have stopped drinking sooner. Mm. That period. Like nothing changed until I changed. Period. You would have fixed your character sooner. Period. Um, like I said, a lot of times I say I'm gonna stop. I remember throwing. And I was a, a closet smoker too. I only smoked when I drank. So I threw packs of cigarettes out and all that. I'm I'm done. And then a week later or days later, I'm back at it. I would, if I could change it all over again, I would have stopped drinking three years before I did. Maybe even four. <laughs> before I did because it was at that moment so I tell people it wasn't the bottle that wasn't it it was the discipline that it took to not just stop but stay stopped that's the difference Mm. and so what it was is once I stayed stopped I I I turned my addiction into an obsession so once I got started because I have an addictive personality anyway So I took one addiction and said, you know what? I'm going to trade this addiction into this bottle with an obsession of getting to this. First, it was a money point, financial. It was money. Now it's at the point where it's like, how much better can I be? How much of a better man, a better person, a better human can I be? And if I had done that three or four years earlier, in my mind, I'm saying I'd be three or four years ahead. Right. Facts. Because when I stopped that, that gave me the discipline, the confidence, because that had been my biggest demon. And then once I conquered that demon, the floodgates opened up. Right. And so I got this theme now. I used, I used to say a couple of years ago, I can't go back. And people think I'm talking about I can't go back to being broke. No, I can't go back to being broke in. Ooh, I love it. I love it, man. Again, just profound wisdom. I think anybody who's listening right now, they got to have some inspiration. They got to be assessing what's their character like, right? How broken are they? Um, and how can they fix it? Because you can all fix it as long as you're willing to feel what it takes, as you said. So here's the question I ask everybody, Casanova. I say, for me, it was the bottle. But what is, what's your demon? Everybody got something. Mm. Some people is weed. Some people is alcohol. For some men, it's women. For some women, it's men. Some people, it's the shoes. Some people, is, is buying clothes. 
Some people, it's just everybody got something that's keeping you from being your very best. Identify what your demon is like. Be. Be honest with yourself or what your demon is, the thing that you have the most difficulty changing, shifting, getting rid of. And once you identify what that is, kill it. Murder it. Cut it loose. It is in that discipline that power will catapult you into areas that you didn't even know existed. Mm. There you have that's that's tactical, that's strategical and that's practical. Practical. That's real. That's real. No, man, again, just profound. I'm I'm so excited that you came on and and dropped some of this wisdom uh, with us. Uh, Just one last question. I know there's somebody out there that's still listening right now. They're watching and uh, they love everything about you, your journey and all the knowledge that you're dropping. But they still have that little voice in their head. And we've all had it. You mentioned it um, earlier. But that little voice that maybe says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe that they don't have enough resources to do what you've done. What's the one thing that you would leave that person with to get them to just take action? Practical. Again, um, I just did it this morning with a, with a new client. Um, they w- it was fear, right? They didn't believe in themselves. Uh, so I said, grab a piece of paper. And this is what I'm going to say to your listening audience. Grab a piece of paper and get paper. Don't try to do it on your phone. Grab a piece of paper, put a, a line down the middle. On the left side, I want you to write wins, W-I-N-S. And on the right side, I want you to write losses, L-O-S-S-E-S, all right, losses. And I just want you to think about the last 12 months of your life and write down all of the wins, all of the great things that you have done, all of the accomplishments that you have, all of the happy times that like all of that good stuff, all of the wins, all of it. Don't even think about writing anything on the losses side. Don't write nothing over there until you have completely exhausted the win side. And then you can go over to the right side and write the losses. Like some people would say, just write the wins. Don't even look at the loss. No, no, no. We got to acknowledge it. And I want you to write the losses right now. It's not about seeing if you got more wins than losses. No, it is about changing the story that you're telling yourself. So when people say, I can't do it, I don't have the faith. I don't really believe that's a story that you're telling yourself. And that's taking precedent. Now I want to give you some wins so you can add another narrative to the story. So now you ain't just telling yourself negative stuff. You're also telling yourself positive stuff and it creates a rhythm. And so instead of only feeling negative, now you're like, oh, but wait. And so now you go back and forth. You change in the story, which change your state of mind, which allows you to execute on the strategy that you want to execute on. But just add some good to your story. Add some good. It's all about the stories that we tell ourselves. And the moment that you change your story, you create yourself an alter ego. And that alter ego can be that Superman, right? That alter ego can be whoever you want it to be. And in the beginning, they'll ask you why you're doing it. But in the end, they'll ask you how you did it. And this has been a phenomenal conversation, my brother. I want to be the first one, if no one else has told you today, to say thank you and I appreciate you. Uh, we're going to make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes. But let me ask for anybody who wants to stay directly connected with you and see what you got going on. Where can they find you at? I'm going to say this. I know it's going to sound crazy. Just Google me. Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L, Ficklin, F is in Frank, I-C-K-L-I-N is in Nancy. And the reason why I say that, Casanova, is there was a time when if you Googled me, it was the mugshot. Hmm. 
But because my wins have outweighed my losses, when you Google me now, I'm so far down that mugshot, that bad, that negative is so far down in the pages that you can search and search and search. You'll never see it. So when you Google me, you'll see everything that we're currently doing, everything that I'm currently a part of. You're going to see all of the work that we're currently doing. So just Google me. Got it. Well, there you have it. We'll make sure that we put some direct links in there as well. But I have Googled you and I've seen it. There's a lot of great information out there where people can, again, just keep tapping in, keep seeing what you got going on. So thank you again, my brother, for coming on the show and blessing us with your time. Remember, Dream Nation, just as he said, you can have anything that you want, but you got to take action. Make sure that you're strategic with it, because if you do not, that dream that you have and we all have a dream Without that action, it'll only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.